G'day you mob, how's it going? Welcome to this episode of The Goss, I'm your host Pete and this is the Aussie English Podcast, the number one place for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English, history, news, current affairs, all that sort of stuff. So, today is a Goss episode where I sit down with my old man, my father, Ian Smithson, and we have a bit of a yarn, a bit of a chinwag about the week's news. Except in this episode, I thought it would be a good excuse for us to talk a little bit about my new hobby, whiskey. So, we talk about booze, grog, the piss. These are slang terms and other words for alcohol, alcoholic beverages. We talk about rum, whiskey, vodka, beer, and the different ways in which they are produced and, you know, what we like, what we think of them. Anyway, I thought it'd be a good chat for you guys who are interested in alcohol. And uh, without any further ado, smack the bird. Hopefully, he's not too drunk. Although it's a kookaburra, you never know. Let's get into it. All right, Dad, welcome back to the Goss. Hey, Pete. I don't it's good know. to be here. Hey, everyone. It's been a while. Yeah, Three or four weeks. It was a cheers. cheers. We opened these beforehand. We did, yeah. Uh, local beer, Blackman's. Blackman's. So, this is I'm going to do this left-handed. Um, I don't know where the brewery is, but they sell them out of Ocean Grove. So. They definitely do. What does it say here? Yeah, Torquay, Australia. Mm. So, there you go. Anyone don't, interested? Have a look. It's going to be a mess. No, it's good. I Yeah, as I'm on the keto diet, it is uh, few and far between. Once a week, yeah, if you're lucky. And you've seen that I've been getting into the whiskies. Yeah, well, they're okay. They're neutral. Do you think that's taken me too long to get into those? Do you think that's- Well, I would say so, but, you know, these things are always a personal taste. There's no- You should- And and we've had this discussion a lot throughout your life and my life of uh, having grown up with- Various people in my life starting most sentences with you should. This is Dad's trigger sentence. It is. It is. It's the one where somebody says you should to me and my eyes just sort of glow. The the red mask comes over and I just stop listening. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it it is interesting getting into the world of whiskey because I feel like I was blind and now I can see in terms of it. It's one of those things where- That's an interesting crossover euphemism. (laughs) Yeah, well, previously I just- um, I don't know what- Oh, this I, is good. I, I had whiskey in the past. I tried it, but I'd never got hooked on it. Never really understood it. I remember my first experience of trying whiskey was, at least as far as I can remember, straight whiskey was going to, I think, James's 21st or something. Yeah. And just grab some Johnny Walker's Black, thinking, oh, it's expensive, at least relatively, and it's better than the red. Yeah. So, it's got to be good. But then I, I remember opening it and just being like, this is rat's piss. I yeah. need to mix this with Coke. <laughs> but yeah. I think looking back, it's funny because I don't think I really appreciated what I was drinking and what I should be looking for. And the way you drink it too, that um, whiskey is not a shot alcohol <laughs> to drink. Get drinks in. It's not a just throw it down because yeah. it's mostly fairly heavily alcoholic. So, it burns on the way down. But that's part of the- the attraction to it if you sip it and drink it slowly. And if you just throw it back, you miss the subtlety of the flavours in it. And yeah. all you get is this <laughs> sensation. So, well, I didn't it's not like tequila, which is has got a strong flavour, but it doesn't have a lot of variation in it. And that's what typically, you know, people are drinking with shots or vodka, which has very little flavour. So, Yeah, I know. Well, it is... It is interesting. Do you want to talk a little bit about for, obviously, all of the people who are interested in in alcohol and the different kinds of liquors that Mm. you can buy? What are the basic liquors that you're going to encounter when you go into a a liquor store? 
into the bottle-o. The bottle-o, yes, yeah, the bottle shop. How do they differ from from one another in terms of how they're made and taste yeah. and everything now, like this that? This is with the usual disclaimer that I'm not an expert, so anything I say will either be made up or- uh, <laughs> No, <laughs> fabricated. I, I, I fabricated. Yeah. No, it's, it won't be fabricated. It. It, it'll be uh, my experience rather than my intimate knowledge of the details of it. But yep. look- if you're talking about um, distilled liquor, then it's distilled alcohol, which is simply s- taking some form of plant material that will ferment and produce alcohol. And you want to talk and about quickly what the fermentation, why is that an important step when it comes to making alcohol? Well, fermentation is the actual process of breaking down the carbohydrates in the plant material and turning it into alcohol. Yeah. Um, it's just a metabolic pathway. Um, the waste product. Alcohol is actually the uh, waste product of the yeah, yeast. Yeah, exactly. You know, breaking down whatever plant material. Yeah, that you've or put it's in a, a step in a series, and uh, a typical fermentation process doesn't take that breakdown any further because you can break alcohol molecules down, but you know we don't they want don't- to. The whole point of them is creating yeah. ethanol, uh, and that's the point: is that alcohol is a generic organic chemistry term for a series of organic compounds, um, all with the OH. Ending on them. Yeah, oxygen, um, hydrogen. Yeah, and uh, it's got the hydroxy group attached to the end of a you know, chain, typically a chain of um, carbon and hydrogen mo- uh, atoms. And it's the ethanol uh, that we're actually trying to produce. Yeah. Um, methanol uh, is toxic, and some of the others are, uh, are far less drinkable as well. They're toxic as well, although we have uh, different uses for those in industrial chemistry for, as disinfectants and those sort of things. But uh, so it's ethanol that we're trying to produce. And fortunately, that's the major product of breaking down sugars yep. in, uh, in plant material. Um, so that's that first step in the process is to get that fermentation going, produce the alcohol, but then to distill it, which is to purify it, to get rid of most of the water and most of the other products that are there. Um, and you can use almost anything. Uh, people have, you know, Use that you know potato peel to make to make alcohol. But yeah, the typical seems- ones are uh, malted barley. Malting is the malt is that compound that gets produced as the barley seed germinates. So yeah, what happens there is you end up with a grain that is barley, and you add water to it in order to get it to and grow, yeah. to germinate. And as a result of germination, the proteins and the other chemicals within the the seed Mm. change as the the plant starts to grow. And I guess with something like whiskey, you can have a malted whiskey and you've cut the process of of, uh, malting, right, of germination with the smoking that happens often to the the, um, grain. Mm. But the crazy thing is, right, you'll- this is always what confused me. It seems like vodka and gin tend to be effectively the same thing, really, except that gin yeah. is flavoured, right? Yeah. Gin vodka is-, is Vodka good if it's, is- You can't taste anything, but it's yes. effectively ethanol and water. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, now, the vodka aficionados will be rolling their eyes back in their head and going, you Philistines don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And they'd be absolutely accurate with my understanding of vodkas. But yeah, typically, vodka is uh, has very little other- uh, compounds in it other than alcohol. That was water. always my definition, though, of a good vodka. It was one that went down easy and did burn. Yeah. Right? That was, yeah. And it was usually grey goose. Yes. One of my whereas, whereas gin is a um, is a secondary distillation. Um, so, they are actually taking- They're not producing- Gin producers are not producing the alcohol themselves, typically, from buy. a normal distillation process. They'll buy a huge vat of 
alcohol. Distillate. And, yes, right. distillate. <laughs> um, and then they will um, add their various, what they call botanicals, so the various mm-hmm. flowers, seeds, leaf components to it to add the particular flavours. And every gin distillery, every gin manufacturer has their own secret recipes for which botanicals they'll add and in which proportions and so on. Some of them will tell you what they add, but they won't tell you how much of each. But- yeah. They don't want you taking the recipe. No, but, it's, a, it but it's also an advertising campaign, and particularly with some of the Australian gins now where they're trying to use Australian native plants. And so, oh, really? Yeah. Um, like wattles and, and iron bark um, and tea tree? Uh, no, tea not, tree not, not- Yeah, a little bit- uh, We are talking about this the other day. That's toxic, flavor, yeah. <laughs> as well as literally. Um, but uh, things like- um, I know Russ up at the Whiskery, yeah. uh, where you guys got married. This is a local- um, um, A local distillery. Bar and that, distillery and uh, gin yeah, bar. Yeah, he's, he's making whiskey, but uh, the challenge with whiskey is that, and we're sidetracking a little bit here, that, that uh, whiskey is that primary distillation. You produce the the alcohol and then you put it in barrels and they're secondary barrels. They're not just straight wooden barrels. They're typically barrels that have either had sherry or often another form of whiskey. But back to gin, um, back to gin quickly. There. And then they go back to gin because gin you can produce instantly. Mm-hmm. So whiskey will take a minimum of eight to ten years typically sitting in a barrel in order to give it the flavour they want. So if you're going to build a distillery and you want to, and you're going to make whiskey, then you're, you're effectively delay. twiddling your thumbs for eight to ten years before you get something. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of whiskey distilleries produce gin, and gin because you can produce gin in a matter of hours uh, because you're taking the alcohol, you're mixing in your various botanicals, you are then boiling that up again and distilling it again so that those botanicals get um, dissolved properly infused. into the and infused into the uh, the product, and then you effectively just bottle it and sell it. Yeah, um, so and there's one. One mandatory um, flavour that has to go in there, right? There one, is. One floral there is. Uh, there addition. Is. There is. Juniper berries. Yeah. Which are uh, really hard to get in Australia, apparently. You can't grow them in Australia. <laughs> um, so, so, they're the Mediterranean from the Mediterranean? Yeah. From- yeah. Uh, they're a sort of warm Mediterranean. I think we probably could grow them, but nobody ever has. And certainly not in the quantities that are required. So, they typically uh, import it into Australia. And that's one of the challenges of small... Uh, gin distilleries in Australia, if they're not Gym producing, yeah, because you, you've got to buy this stuff by the ton because mm-hmm. it comes in a you know, ship, or <laughs> it just costs way too much. Yeah, and so you're not going to go. Oh, can I? Can I have? Can I buy ten kilos and import it? Yeah. Uh, so there's people who are buying tons of it, uh, but even those, even if you wanted to buy a ton, it's still very expensive. So a lot of those small gin distilleries go in as a collaborative and and purchase a bulk lot and then break it up. Um, so, yeah, that's what gin is. And then a whole bunch of other things. So, I was just going to say that, yeah, Russ um, at the uh, the Whiskery, um, his latest gin that he'd made um, has Australian saltbush. Yeah, as one that's of the, right. One of the I've elements in that. it. Yeah. And it adds this, it's a subtly salty flavour, but it also has this really distinctive, if you go down and find saltbush um, anywhere, and there's lots of species of saltbush, but and I don't know which particular one he's using. It's probably a local one around here. But That's pretty cool. You can actually just go and pick the leaves off and rub them and then smell them, and they have these sort of really interesting smells, and it's edible as well, so you yeah. can actually eat it. Um, so, And I don't know whether he's using the leaves, the berries, a combination or whatever, and he probably won't tell us, and rightly so. It's a uh, proprietary trade, trade secret. But uh, Yeah. Yeah, so I, I actually quite like gins as well, but whiskies are the ones that- because of the way it's a, you have to then, uh, you put the distilled alcohol into a barrel and it will depend on what that barrel has had in it beforehand and how long you leave it there as to what sort of flavours it's going to uh, infuse into the uh, the whiskey itself. So, that's where it branches out into way more complexity, mm. it appears, to the novice who's just gotten into it 
um, yeah, whiskey is not myself whiskey. than yeah. vodka or rum. Um, rum may be getting a little closer to whiskey in terms of how it can be. Um, okay, well, typically, rum, typically rum is manipulated by adding things yeah. rather than leaving it in a barrel for a decade and, in, and infusing stuff out of the wood. Yeah. Uh, or whatever was in the wood previously. That, yeah, it just seemed like such a really cool thing once you get into it and you realise, holy crap, there are, you know, thousands of whisky distilleries across the world and, and thousands of different types of whisky that come mm. out of these different distilleries. They can use all kinds of barrels that have had wine in them or sherry in them or bourbon in them in order to then, um, you know, infuse these flavours into the whisky uh, distillate. And yeah. then they can wait longer and longer periods of time to get more of that flavour to come out into the actual alcohol inside the barrel. So, it does seem like it's such a an art and it takes yeah, a long time. A There's no of that fast tracking of it. The right? science will tell you how to get something out of the end of it and the art is what you'll get out the end. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting concept. But is that- How did you get sucked into it before we move on topics? Um, look, my father used to drink whiskey and, um, yeah, he died when I was in my mid-twenties. So, I really wasn't a whiskey- I couldn't afford to be a whiskey drinker other than yeah, every now and then at the pub, you'd, you know, instead of drinking beer, you'd have a whiskey and Coke or something. And that was always, you know, Johnny Walker because that was the bulk, the uh, whiskies that pubs would buy. Uh so, I never really got drink- into drinking straight whiskies until my father just sort of said, well, you know, why don't you try this? And I went- <laughs> At the age of 10. Oh, yeah, at the age of 10. <laughs> no, you know, I was in, I suppose, early 20s. And I went, oh, yeah, that's all right. And I, I wasn't offended by it, but I wasn't going to pay money for it. Mm. Um, and, and I think that's the thing is that whiskey snobs will always tell you that if you pay the money for a better whiskey, depending on what you like, because there are some that are very strong in their flavours- um, and highly alcoholic, so that they have that burning sensation as well when they go down your throat. Well, and just to quickly pause you there, is that part of the reason that you gravitated to towards the the ones that you really like, which are the really smoky, peaty, very strong, very strong burn your ones. throat out sort yeah, of types? Yeah. Was it that you got on the train and it was a really rapid, whoop, like give me the most extreme version, yeah, or was yeah. it a very slow process? Oh, look, it was. I I don't think it was really even. I, the train metaphor is probably implying that it was continuous. Yeah. <laughs> it was sort of, oh, Stop, I'll try start. that and went, oh, yeah, and then I'll try something. Else. Well, well, what's the strongest one you've got? And go, ooh, I quite like that. Yeah. And and I quite like some of the mild ones as well. So, then it's a matter of, of fitting it in between. But it's a sort of multidimensional matrix in terms of flavours. It's not just a straight- you know, strong and weak. And you can't um, just get everything that you might like out of a single whiskey, I take exactly. it. Like, if you have peat and smoke, these mm. are these sort of really overpowering flavours that you can't necessarily yeah. have these delicate undertones yeah. and, and still pull them out easily and when you you're tasting it. these sort of sweeter, florally things. And, you know, people talk about caramel and vanilla and those sort of flavours in them. And obviously, they're not adding caramel and vanilla. It's no. just the- whatever the compound is- it's in triggering the same part triggering of the brain. the same part of the brain and going, oh, I like it, that. It's definitely opened my mind up, mind up to the fact that taste can be used differently. So, I think, you know, when I drink whiskey, it's not the same kind of enjoyment that I get out of taste as when I eat a Mars bar. You know what I mean? Mm. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Where yeah. it, it, the interesting part of whiskey, it seems, is- uh, experiencing the little roller coaster of flavors that you get and the yes. experiences that you get the peppery the burn or the the smoke the peat the caramels mm-hmm. and and they come at different times they arrive at different parts of your mouth yeah, it's not just a simple blast of a particular flavor and it's not necessarily at least initially it's not what i think the average person would consider a pleasurable taste 
Like, it's not a, you know, like if you try chocolate or you try, um, you know, cheesecake or, or something. strawberry ice cream. Yeah. Very few people, you, 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 don't you, hand, like them, you hand them a piece of chocolate <laughs> or strawberry ice cream and they go, yuck. Maybe yeah. Noah in his first, yeah, the first yeah, few months yeah, we've been trying to get him to try ice cream. He doesn't, he doesn't want a yeah, bar of it. If he stays <laughs> off it, he's fine. But, <laughs> but it was interesting in that, oh, wow, okay, so- I'm using taste in a different way now to mm. sort of sense these different aspects of something that's complex and I'm deriving in enjoyment from that. But it's not necessarily that I'm sitting there like, oh, that was so satiating. You know, that was so like satisfying in terms of I'm no longer hungry or I'm no longer thirsty. Yeah. It's and a I, different way of and I agree. experiencing I think that's it. the that's the difference between if you're drinking uh, high alcohol liquor for flavour, it's very different from drinking it to get drunk. We're you know, smelling it, right? That experience too. If you're going to buy a you know, $100, $200 bottle of whiskey or an expensive gin and you're going to put, you know, in the case of the gin, you're going to put crap tonic in it, then you might as well just buy the cheap crap because nobody can tell the difference. When you're you. masking the flavours. Yeah, but if you're buying really good quality tonic um, and you, you can taste the subtlety in the flavours, and it's the same thing with drinking whiskey, it's the taste experience, not the consumption of it, that is important. Um, and yeah, it's the same as drinking wine. Uh, you can a part of the experience with whiskey and wine is the swallowing process. So the whole thing about and I never understood. I'm not a um, a wine connoisseur. I I enjoy drinking wine, and I, there's some particular varieties and brands of wine that I really like. But it always amused me that wine tasting the you know the theory of wine tasting is that you slosh it around the mouth and then you spit it out. And to me, that misses the stuff right at the back of your tongue and the and your throat that it's going down. There's a little bit of added extra true. that you get out of that, and that is particularly true in whiskey. There are some whiskies that you drink where the the sensation is purely oral. It's what happens in your mouth, and then you swallow it and you get nothing more. And then there are others where you go, "Oh, that's all right." Then you swallow it and you go, "Ooh, that's interesting." Uh, yeah, there's been a few that you've <laughs> given me. I think to give you names was it. Um Lagavolin, Lafroy, and Ardbeg too, where you'll get uh, 20 seconds later, it's still there. And the the tastes and the flavors are evolving. It's Mm. not just the same thing. And I guess that's that's what piques my interest in it now. It's like, oh, okay, there's some sort of interesting discovery that you can do in in this, whereas I don't feel like uh, you would derive it from things like vodka as easily. No, no, exactly. But yeah, it's been an interesting And I think that's why wine drinkers, particularly red wine drinkers, because there are- yeah, yes, there are differences in white wines, but in red wines that are sort of the spectrum of difference is quite large. And so I think that's why wine drinkers get the same thing, where yeah. they can actually, you know, get the subtlety and the flavour and, and so on. You so. should probably quickly mention the difference between the way in which whiskey and not wine is aged too, because that's very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's whiskey. The age of a whiskey is the amount of time it spends in the barrel. Yeah. Uh, it can sit in the bottle for 100 years after that, and theoretically it won't change. Because um, in the barrel it is, it's pulling the yeah, taste because out. because in the barrel, once it's, it's, out, once it's out and it's sitting in glass, then yeah. it's done. Unless there's a leakage in somehow in the bottle yes. uh, and that you've got things evaporating, which means that you're going to be evaporating alcohol away and it'll reduce its alcohol content uh, because the alcohol is uh, going to- It's more volatile than the water, so it's going to you know, evaporate differentially. And the ratio but of alcohol to the, the other liquids in there will affect the flavour that you get when will. you're drinking it. Yeah. So, uh, but ultimately, you know, what a whiskey should be the same- when it, you know, five minutes after it's bottled or five years after it's bottled. If bottled correctly. If bottled correctly. Yeah. Whereas the wine, because the wine will still have sugars in it and it will still have some other components in it that will theoretically continue to ferment, uh, 
um, then the wine will change its flavour over a period of time, which is why uh, wine experts will tell you when you taste a wine and you put it away, some of them will say, oh, look, this one will be better in five years or drink this one tomorrow because it's yeah. only going to get worse. Um, and and so and typically white wine goes off quicker than red wine off in the sense of it gets more vinegary so that you know, fermentation you process changes so it goes to this you know, acetic acid rather than alcohol and that's a bro- breakdown product of alcohol uh, whereas there's nothing in the whiskey left to continue that you know, alcohol breakdown. Well, I think you'll notice that with wines too. When I was working in the restaurant, we would have a limit of a few days that you could use a, a bottle to give glasses. Oh, once it's opened. Yeah. yeah a white wine will last oh. a few hours. Yeah. Uh, you probably wouldn't, unless it's refrigerated. Yeah. Uh, and even refrigeration, it probably won't last more than a few days. Yeah. A red wine will last a little bit longer, but not much. I Again, remember having a few of those though. They'd be like, oh, yeah. have a knockoff drink, have some wine. And it's like, why yeah. do you want to give me the wine? Oh, because the days, you know, the, the time period's almost up that we need to get rid of it and you try and you'd be like yep we're yeah, past it yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> anyway awesome well yeah mm. good to have a little recap of all of that and um yeah so you know what pete's been up to for the last month now don't i think you? i've been ranting yeah. about it you probably see it in the background yes know, but yeah. it is interesting i don't know i'm diving deeper and i think i have i come at the whiskey thing maybe just as at, at um hobbies i mean you know better than it probably me of how obsessive and and deep i go into these things but it seems like I, at the moment I'm at that stage where I'm just so interested in trying everything to really get an idea of what I really like. But you are much more, here's what I like. And I'm just, I don't drink because I'm searching for new yeah, things or new experiences. I'm drinking because I like it. But I'll try. If somebody says to me, oh, you really like that one, then why don't you try this you one? You should. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of why, here. Yes. Why don't you? <laughs> Take uh, why don't you? Is the polite you should. Um, if I were you, that's that. that that's, that's I would. Yeah. That's uh, that's the uh, the opening line. Um, yeah. If I were you, I would. Is just a way of saying you should. But um, no. So yeah, I'm much more in the line of there's a handful of whiskies that I really like. Yeah. I know that I'm going to spend between sort of I don't know eighty ninety dollars up to one hundred and fifty dollars on a bottle a day um, no on a bottle <laughs> that will yeah and I'll have three or four bottles will last me a year yep because I don't drink it that often um, and and so I look at it and go well, why would I buy something that I'm not sure of uh, for that amount of money mm-hmm. I'm happy to taste somebody else's and then go oh yeah I might add that to my list or yep. if somebody says oh yeah you really like the um, Ard big whatever, um, try this one because it's similar, but it's a little bit different. Well, and, and you've got a history with those brands that yeah, you already like exactly. anyway, so you know yeah. you're not just going to be, oh, my God, it's uh, lemonade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's rat poison. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, Dad. Let's um, move on to the next mm. topic. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Me and Noah, he's here as well, smacking the microphone with his spoon. That was another episode of The Goss. Don't forget, guys, if you want to get access to all of The Goss episodes, the transcripts, the MP3s, the videos, the entire episodes from one to, I think we're up to like 40-something now. Yeah, that's it, mate. Um, Just go to aussieenglish.com.au and you can sign up for those. Anyway, I'm Pete, your host. This has been another Aussie English episode. It's a pleasure and I'll see you soon. Bye.